church and other drugs. My name is Jed. And my name is Debesh. What's up, y'all? What's happening? Debesh happening. is sitting in for Jay, who had a very serious engagement, folks. Hmm. That I am. That I am. It's good <laughs> to be back. So what's up, man? What's going on in Portlandia? Uh, Portlandia, man, it's been pretty cool lately. Um, I actually, we drove about four or five hours to see the Painted Hills, which is one of like Oregon's seven wonders of Oregon. And um, it was just beautiful out there. Uh, this was for the eclipse. Um, I know a lot of people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it was like we had two, two and a half minutes of totality. When we went up there, there was just like a community of people that were so like, just like really awesome people and like so into it. They had all these scientists and like was it people like, a, like, a, like a hippie like, commune or something. Yeah, it was kind. It was kind. It was kind of like that, you know. And like these people, they had these massive telescopes they brought with them. So like this dude showing me like the rings of Saturn and like different constellations oh, and galaxies and shit. Like. Damn, scientists? Yeah, it was... Was, it anybody, was, was anybody some, tripping? Oh, yeah, like most people. Were they? For real? Like <laughs> yeah, you could tell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, well, the people I was with were tripping, and um, oh, I don't know. Awesome. Like, you know, I, I definitely don't recommend like that for a newcomer, but I don't know. It's weird. Like, when I've been around people tripping lately, I've had, like, the best time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, definitely not for a newcomer. depends on who it is. No, but... Um, did one of them look to you, and was he like, dude... Am I freaking out, or is the sun gone? (laughs) (laughs) Where Where did it go, man? It was just there a second ago. Oh, the funniest meme I saw. The funniest meme I saw was a picture of uh, a heroin needle, and it said, "Don't forget your uh, eclipse glasses," and then it showed his (laughs) pinned-out pupils. (laughs) (laughs) For the congregation, you're pupils get incredibly small on opiates <laughs> that's why so many people are mad at requiem for a dream because it, that's the only thing that got that movie got just way wrong was yeah their pupils was, dilated right i was like was like man this shit must be cut <laughs> <laughs> oh dude i can't remember what made me think of this oh, oh okay so i walked in a bathroom and i saw um a water bottle, like a brand new water bottle with like half an inch taken out of it. And the cap was off and it was sitting next to the toilet. And I was like, I know exactly what went down in this bathroom. Right. <laughs> and then I, I was just thinking about all the times, like, it, so many bathrooms. Oh dude. Like it still kind of freaks me out to go into gas station bathrooms. And like, I feel like people are watching me still. And, I had a, the worst freak out experience I had was in a Burger, Burger King bathroom on Florida Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Like I did a, like you half the time when I was, this was when I was shooting Coke and like I would miss my shots. So like it wasn't that bad in public, but Mm -hmm. I nailed this one, right? A giant shot of Coke and immediately had to bust open the door and I'm just walking. I couldn't walk. So I had my hand against the wall. And I'm just like slowly making my way to the car. <laughs> like, and I get to my car and I, I can't put my fucking keys in because my hand is shaking too much. Like I keyed the hell out of my car just trying to put my <laughs> keys in. And then I just sat in my car and looked up and everyone was just staring at me too. Are you serious? Oh, God. I that's couldn't the do worst. anything. Like I was froze. You know what I'm saying? Like we just, yeah, you're, yeah, like, you're yeah. like, oh no, too much, too much. Too much, too much, too much. I just need to sit here somewhat, make sure my heart doesn't explode. Yeah. You know? 
Oh then, my god! And then it wears off, and you're like, oh, okay, I want to do that again. <laughs> like how? <laughs> it's so bad. I, I like that relationship to bathrooms is just so strong for me. I mean, I still go in. I'm like, man, this would be a good bathroom to get loaded in. Yep. Like exactly. always, every single bathroom I analyze like that, and I can't help it. It's that, like that's why. Uh, I was in some message group, message board, and someone in I guess they're saying like in Canada or somewhere, all the bathrooms are like completely sealed, like the stall doors. Because over here, dude, there'll be like an inch gap, and that's the worst, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, you could totally see like somebody that's in there. Um, yeah, it's so bad. I remember. <laughs> I remember, so one time I was trying to get loaded in this bathroom in Mimi's, the second floor of Mimi's, like this uh, bar in New Orleans, and I'm up there. Normally, like, I'm paranoid, and I think people are, like, watching me, knowing what I'm doing, but in this case, they really were, you know? All right, all right. Well, how do you know they were? Well, he starts knocking on the door, like, hey, man, you need to get out of there. Dude. <laughs> like, you can't be doing all that in there. And I was like, fuck. So, like, I run out the door, and I, and, like, I run right across the street. There's a bar called Big Daddy's. And um, I didn't make any connection of what the bar was about. So I go in there oh, and I'm no. at <laughs> I'm oh, in the no. bathroom. I get loaded. And then, like, this gay dude from work was there. And I was like, yo, dog, um, you want some, like, you want to do some, some blow or whatever? And so we go in the bathroom. He does some. And he's just like, hey, the best dude, are you gay? I'm like, no. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I don't know. Why? We could have been hanging out ages ago, bro. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, dude. And like in my head, I'm like, why did he ask me that? And like until I was sober two years later, I'm driving by. I was like, oh, oh. Daddy's. oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh dude, that's classic. Yeah, that is classic. You probably like confused him greatly. Man, the best is a tease, bro. This is a tease. Then he invited me in the bathroom. Just I like, know, some... man. And then he busted out some drugs. Like, why would I want that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, dude, I got, uh, let's see, I got a good interview with my friend Matthew Schwartz from the band Pacifico. And we'll be debuting uh, a single from his new album, Everest, after the interview. So stick around for the whole song of that. outside and i have headphones on so that's i literally have yeah. eight hours a day to kill so that's how i found uh found out podcast yeah i think that if i had something like that i would definitely do that and like that we're going on a tour in october and when i go on the tour i'm definitely gonna uh be listening to books on tape and podcasts and stuff like that too but otherwise i just i don't have the i don't think i have the mental strength for it <laughs> well once you find one that like is really entertaining to you it's good the um mm-hmm tooth and nail just came out with one that's awesome and it's all just like their history they're going through the, yeah uh, uh the early 2000s period right now it's great 
do you do you ha- are you a, I can't talk are you in that uh, 90s Christian rock or there's also a tooth and nail group on Facebook uh, I heard of the 90s Christian rock one no I need to I'll, I can add you if you want um, <laughs> but uh, they they spoke about it and some people rave about it but other people are like um, this is really really one-sided kind of thing so kind of I, I like it a lot the ass cities burn one was really good um, that one was funny because there's still like so much drama between them. I guess hmm. the "Me Without You" one was was my favorite though. Uh, so cool. did you? Did y'all? My memory fails me, but for some reason, did y'all like start in the Christian music scene or something, or were y'all related to that in some way, or am I just completely making that up? Um, yes and no. Um, all right. <laughs> my father is a minister, so I grew up in church. So there definitely was that uh, thing. And I, I wasn't allowed to listen to anything but Christian music growing up. And then um, we, uh, what, when I started doing music... What was your favorite? Sorry, go ahead. I was the same thing. Uh, what was your favorite? Michael W. Favorite Smith? Christian bands? Uh, that was my very first favorite. Then DC Talk. Oh, yes. And then like uh, when I started getting into rock and roll, I really liked Dakota Motor Company. Um, I love, and I still to still to this day, I love Starflyer 59. They would probably be my favorite of all time. Nice. I loved poor, poor old blue. I loved, um, bleach, uh, plank eye. Oh dude. Yeah. Uh, That's some good Joy stuff. Electric. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So go from there. Okay. So yeah. So I listened to Christian music and stuff and then I started doing music. My first band was with my brother. And we played at my dad's church, and I've got tapes of this, and I'm I'm going to probably in the next year have them digitized, where I can have MP3s of them and send it to the people that I was in the band with, so they can laugh as well. But it's cringeworthy, <laughs> to say the least. I basically was writing like Nirvana, really depressing kind of songs, but they were Christian related ish uh, in some way, and I played them at my dad's church, and I don't know how he let me do that. What, um, what kind of church was it? Like what denomination? Uh, ba- Baptist. Okay, where was this at? You're from Georgia, uh, right? Georgia, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, at that. It was 30 minutes south of a Georgia, uh, south of Atlanta, so it was in St- Stockbridge, Georgia. Okay, I was born in Stone Mountain. Yeah. Yep. That's my. Just and I'm, I'm from Mountain. South Carolina, so that's more my neck of the woods than Louisiana is. Yeah, we, we won't, won't get into it, but I'm very interested to see what they do with Stone Mountain now that they're taking all the uh, Confederate uh, stuff down because that's what's on the side. Yeah, that's so, the uh, the racist Mount Mountain. Rushmore, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we won't um, get into that, but keep going. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, so then um, after that band, then I started another band, uh, the guys in high school, and that was the guy. We ended up breaking it up because the guy wasn't Christian, and now he's super Christian. So it's it was a, a weird situation at the time, but um, that was my super Nirvana phase and, and such. And then when I started Pacifico, we – uh, I, I guess right before that, I played in a band that was a Christian band called Linger, and I played bass in that band. And the drummer and I decided to start Pacifico as a side project, uh, and then t- we all ended up parting our ways and, and such. And um, what's but, the what's the age and time frame? Uh, Linger was I was nineteen, I want to say, and then Pacifico was started when I was twenty. Okay. And um, and. Yeah, it was started. Uh, we we played churches and stuff, uh, but we also start branching out and playing bars and stuff too. Uh, probably a couple of years into it. At first, yeah, it was all Christian shows. We played a lot of 
a thing called Greenhouse was a very popular place in Atlanta. Um, and we did tours with like the Huntingtons and a band called Seventeen Split. Um, oh yeah, and I've heard of them. And actually. we, who else did we do tours with? Uh, we did the short stone with Copeland. We did our our split EP with them, and oh, uh, I don't know. That's I have the worst memory in the world. But yeah, it's all that kind of stuff. And then we started branching into bars and stuff like that too. And um, I hear I think I always heard, uh, I've always heard church shows like paid the best. If you're like an early yeah. touring band, churches paid the good money. Yes and no. Uh, there was one instance. Uh, I think it was not us. It was our friend Subden Split. But it might have been. This is where my memory isn't really good. It might have been a tour we were on together, and they were collecting for us. But the story was this: is that they went to go get the money at the end of the show, and the guy was trying to short them on money. And they're like, nah, dude, you, the guarantee was this. And he's like, well, I thought y'all were doing this for God. Oh, like, I was hoping it wasn't going to go there. Wasn't your yeah. music a love offering? Like, isn't that? Yeah. You're doing Yeah, good, exactly. Though. That's so shitty. Yeah, that's bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yes, typically, yeah, because most bars are all door deals. So, I mean, if you don't right. get people in the door, then you don't get, you know, money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the, uh, so, the thing. So how how long how long did y'all stay with the cuz would you you did you call yourself a Christian band quote unquote No I I actually was never a fan of of that I as growing right. up in church and then liking bands like I like like cuz I think that it was great that bands like Starflower 59 would be considered Christian cuz I was allowed to listen to them but I also felt like it was unfair to them because they could have gotten much broader of an audience and not have had that stigma. Because like even when bands like POD or MXPX kind of broke out into mainstream, there still was that stigma where people were like, oh, they're a Christian band, and they were like oh, even yeah. uh, I don't know. There was a wall between them and uh, and wanting to listen to them, kind of thing. And I, I thought that was really stupid. Uh, I kind of thought that Christian music, for the most part, was kind of dumb to begin with because it kind of seems like you're singing to the choir. Like all these people yeah, know exactly everything you're singing about. So what is the point of singing these people, kind of thing? Um, well, there were, and then there so, was like the heyday of uh, when Christian, I guess, like when Under Oath really took off, and you had mm-hmm. like Norma Jean. There was kind of the heyday, and all of a sudden it was. I guess it was really when like that era of tooth and nail and solid state was out and it became like really the end thing to do. Like I remember they had, uh, have you ever seen the video of the Bible study they had at warp tour that like, no, that fat Mike crashed from no effects. Uh-uh. It's fantastic. You should, uh, like, uh, Tim from under oath still has braces. Like it's hilarious, but, awesome. um, so what was your personal feelings on it? As far as like, so you're the son, you're a preacher's kid, which comes with its yeah. own, uh, it's a whole I just, uh can of worms. I felt like, I don't know, I just kind of felt like it was like, you have a plumber come fix your plumbing, it's not like you're going to go look for the Christian plumber, you're just going to look for the guy to come, you know, and, and uh, you're going to go, you know, eat a burger, you're not looking for the Christian burger joint, you, you're just looking for that, and so I... I I was I'm a musician, so I play music, and obviously whatever I play is going to be affected by who I am and you know what what I believe in and, and all that kind of stuff. So I I felt like that uh I do feel like God gave me a gift. I do feel like that uh the music that I play is 
divinely inspired by him, but um, but I don't think I ever felt like it was Christian. I always felt like it was just it was music. What what about did you um did you stick with those beliefs? I guess like personally, where where did you go? Like what I with what I just stated? Or no 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 like like uh, with like your personal beliefs as far as like Christianity goes or faith uh, or whatever however you want to yeah I would it. say that I'm I I still I, I would say that I'm still Christian I still believe in God and 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 such I um I have yet to stray to a place where I feel like uh, I need to renounce anything or anything like that. I definitely have had a lot of soul searching as, as most people do as they get older and, and such, but cause that, yeah, happened. I mean, I, oh, I'm sorry. No, you go. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what else I was going to say. I, yeah. It's just, I, th- I think that um, it's always growing and I, I, I just ultimately believe that there is a God and I believe I have a relationship with him and, you know, I but I don't know that I conscribe to one particular um, denomination or right, sect right. or anything like that. Because that was also the the interesting fallout of after the uh, whatever alternative Christian music boom, whatever you want to call it. Like it seemed like as soon as David Bazan came out and was like, "Yeah, I don't believe any of this anymore," it was like. Tons and tons of people were like, "Yeah, I didn't ever really believe the whole time either. It was kind of a cash grab." Right. So that's, that, that's like, that's, uh, that's an interesting phenomenon, and you you wonder how much of that happens. So yeah. where did, so where did the band go? So you started Pacifico as a side project, and then it obviously became bigger than Linger. Right. Yeah. It uh, started with uh, me and a drummer. Uh, his name's Joel, and then we added this guy Ben, who played bass. And we were a three-piece, and um, we did an EP. I guess we did two EPs. We did a, an EP and then a split EP with Copeland uh, during that time. And then right after that, that's we a found, pretty big deal. Yeah, it At was the time. It, I imagine. Moved, well, nobody knew who they were when we, were, you know, playing with them. That was it. Was after that is when they got signed and people started knowing who they were. Um, but uh, but yeah, we did both of those with Matt Goldman. I, yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah, and um, and we uh, then after that uh, we added a guitar player, and then we added another guitar player, and then I moved from playing anything to just singing and stuff. And around that time was when we started doing showcases and such, and we we toured a, a lot, and then we would get um, you know have labels have us come out to L.A. or New York and do showcases and such, and but nothing ever came from it. It was like literally at the time where where everything folded like i remember that our manager told us like on a friday the music industry you mean yeah mm-hmm. uh our manager told us on a friday that uh that atlantic records was just gonna sign sign us and they're sending the contract over on monday and i was like oh crap oh, wow. yeah. and then uh monday comes and it's like 5 p.m i hadn't heard from my manager and finally he calls me and and tells me i got bad news i'm like what happened he's like the a&r agent got sacked on friday at the end of the day. Oh no. And, and like that was, and that's just like one of like 10 stories that I have of getting, you know, almost signed and crap falling apart. Um, but yeah, that, that's what happened that time. We, we also, during that time we moved out to LA with a different, uh, manager and, um, he took all of our money and we ended up having to no get way. jobs. Yeah. We had to get jobs and we just like literally drove out there. We drove to his hotel, um, 
and met with him and and he uh told us in the hotel you know where we we just haven't even gotten settled anywhere to stay or whatever he's like you need to ask for more money from your parents and we're like they didn't want us to be here anyway we were giving you everything we got and he's like well uh we have no place for you guys to stay and all of your money has been spent <laughs> and i'm what? like what yeah so we ended up we had friends that had just moved out there not too long before that so we ended up having seven people live in a one-bedroom apartment and we all got jobs. Oh, so I, y'all, I y'all were all full time musicians. Like y'all were doing this gig full time. Uh, yeah. Well, with like there were there, yeah there were periods where we where we didn't didn't but yeah we were trying really hard at the time we were pushing it with everything we had yeah. So I don't think so. I want to give people because I don't think people understand like the cost of touring and like what it is to be like a mid level band like on the road, right? Mm-hmm. So, could you would you be interested in giving a breakdown of like what it actually? Oh goodness! So okay, you don't have to. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I actually, this is what I excel in. Whenever I speak to any kids that want to start doing music, or I, or I talk to somebody that's like, "Why does it cost so much?" Blah blah blah. Or why don't you do this? And I have to like give them the truth of how it works. Yeah. They're always, yeah. you know. So I'm used to this. Uh, I can say this. I don't know. It's been since 2010 that I have toured. We're about to go on one this uh, October, November. So at that point, I'll have a better idea of how it might be now in this climate. But at that time and before that, touring is just it's tough because um, I think as we're getting to a, a point where people have everything at their fingertips, they can watch live shows on their uh, on their phones, on YouTube, and whatever else, you know, and then. There's entertainment everywhere they go. Less and less people are going to shows. Yep. And um, but if you really want to do the numbers, uh, I the last tour I did was the most lucrative I've ever done, and it was acoustic by myself. I rented a car and I drove by myself. And uh, some sometimes it was a short drive. Most times, on most tours, you get about four hours drive. And um, and then I have trying to find places to stay. Uh, afterward and stuff at people's houses and floors and stuff like that and that uh, was the first time i ever did a tour and actually came back with money in my pocket um but it was also very soul uh draining because i really i'm by myself the whole time and it it gets kind of lonely that was the the first time ever you came back with money from a tour for me personally yeah, yeah in the black or whatever I mean, we we had done like so. I was in a band called Monday in London for a while too that toured. So between that and Pacifico, there might have been some times where we had some money at the end, but but usually it was like we would put it into recording or yeah, that, it's going and right back it was to the machine. And there yeah. was never a lot. Like I mean, it was usually at the very most less than a thousand, you know. And but as for me personally, being able to go, all the bills have been paid for this tour, and I have money. Yeah. In addition to it, that's a win. sweet. Yeah. yeah, that was the only time that I'd actually had that happen. Were, were you? Um, was this before you got married? Yes, it okay. was. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the tour I did before that, I did a right before my last album, Without Heroes, came out. I did a little stint in the southeast with a band, and we had a pretty good tour, and it wasn't bad. But I ended up, uh, we had a couple issues with the car, kind of thing. Uh, they had like a bad tire and stuff like that, you know, which is always can happen but okay. i uh i think i ended up losing about twelve hundred dollars of my own money out of that so so what okay well let's uh thank you for that let, i guess we'll, let's rewind back so you're in la and the manager just took all your money 
Mm-hmm. So you have to, I would imagine, are you thinking like, okay, maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. Like, or does that ever come in? Like oh, what? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that always comes in. I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to bash my, my family or anything like that. They, they have been supportive, but they also haven't, they've been more realistic. I guess I'll say that's, that's how my family was too. Yeah. They, they, I remember when I, when I realized that this is who I am and what I wanted to do, the first thing my parents did, and I don't know, I guess it was fortuitous, uh, but they found on like a 60 minutes or whatever, they had uh, a whole thing on this recording artist or musician, independent musician. And so they taped it. And this is back during VHS. And then, and then they, then they showed it to me to try to convince me to not want to do music. And was it, it like a, a behind the music tragedy story or something? Kind of. Like, I mean, he was just such a showing, good boy. It was just showing how hard it was, you know, like yeah, you know, he yeah, did this yeah. and he did that. And nothing happened kind of thing. And, and, but it didn't deter me. I was just like, yeah. yeah, I know it's hard. Like, I'm not trying to say that it's easy. You know, like I get it. I'm not saying it was more so like, I think the most aggravating thing was like, it was one of those things where it wasn't something I chose. It's not like I sat down one day and was, I'm yeah. going to be a musician. Like it was something that has come so easily to me and that it almost, even though I try to fight it, I can't stop doing it kind of thing that I have to do it. And, and, and if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right kind of thing. And it obviously like pays you some, some spiritual dividends and some, some fulfilling life stuff. I imagine. Yes. Otherwise at, you, at you would have quit. Yeah, yeah. Some some days, yes. Some days, no. There was a period. Uh, so I did that that tour where um, I did the tour where I lost money, and then I did the acoustic tour, and then I've been working on putting out without heroes for a while, but I was funding it myself, and it was taking forever. And I had done a Kickstarter that didn't. Uh, I didn't get my goals. I didn't get any of the money, and I was just very, very down about everything because it was the first time I was doing everything by myself. I just moved and. I quit music for a while. I probably quit for about nine months and I just worked and I, I tried to see what it would be like if I just didn't do that anymore or put it somewhere else was, in was my that, life. Was that back when you had first moved to Baton Rouge? You remember the first time we met? I don't know if I remember the first time we met, but, uh, but it yes, at, that was when I think it was at that, Go ahead. I think it was at that Christmas party. Mm-hmm. Cause you were, you were dating autumn at the time. Right. Yes. And so that, yeah, that would probably be around then. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta yeah. Cause that. we moved we moved here in November and that was December. So that was like a month later. And then, um, so yeah, then I did the tour right after that, the following spring. And then I did, and, and the acoustic tour was that actual right before that party. So, um, so yeah, it was probably right after, so that following summer or whatever. So that was 2011, um, was about when I was just, I quit for like nine months and I didn't, I didn't play shows. I didn't record. I didn't write. I just, Kind of, well, I didn't try to write, but you know, I just tried to live, and it was a very hard and miserable time for me. Yeah, and so was it like? I mean, I guess it's an obvious answer, but how did you? Was it difficult, like seeing contemporaries, like find, like seeing bands like Copeland that you did splits with, and like find success and all that? Uh, sometimes yeah, sometimes no. I mean, it, it is tough being, you know, you always want to compare yourself to other people, and but it's not a it's not something where someone's taking an opportunity away from you. Like yeah. it's never that way. Like yeah, they're their way. own people. They're, they're doing their own thing. And like, um, I think the only thing that I guess I would have hoped is that, you know, high tides would have 
lifted all boats kind of thing, you know, like, yep. but, but, uh, I'm not saying I'm unhappy cause I, I definitely, when it comes down to like a checklist, if I were to like check off all the things as like a, a young kid, if I were to be like, oh, I'm going to be a musician, this is what I want to do. I literally done everything except for chart or get some, some award, you know, like yeah, that's other, awesome. other, other than that stuff. I've done literally everything I could have ever wanted. I've had music in movies and on commercials and on TV. I've had music on the radio. I've done interviews on TV and the radio. I've, I've, uh, and now podcasts. And I, um, <laughs> I have, uh, I've played for like huge crowds. I, I think I've, the largest crowd I played for was 10,000 people or something like that, which is just ridiculous. What is that high? Like, <sighs> it's crazy. It's it's good, yeah, well, yeah. Walk me so what's good that. unless unless you mess up? Well, <laughs> then you feel I like feel, a dummy. I feel like a crowd of ten thousand though is like so fever pitched that like it's so it it's you can just quickly move past unless you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a catastrophic it's, failure. I find that like playing for more people is a lot easier than playing for less people. Like if I'm playing in a room for five people, I'm way more nervous than if I'm playing yep. for you know thousands of people because. It, the thousands of people I could, like you said, like I could screw up and like half of them probably wouldn't even notice. And mm-hmm. then second of all, like I don't have to talk to them afterwards about it. Yeah, I can exactly. just move on with my day. If, if I play for five people and I mess up, they're definitely going to notice. And then I'm going to have to talk to them about it afterwards. <laughs> I, mean, I don't, don't want to deal with that. Uh, oh, damn. What was I going to say? Oh, so what brought you out of L.A. originally? Like just, what brought us... The why did we not stay there? Yeah, and like where did where did your bandmates go in in all this? Okay, so yeah, so we were a five piece at the time. We moved out to L.A. Uh, we got screwed. We got we lived in a one bedroom apartment. We all got jobs, and then we ended up uh, making a decision that we're going to go back to Georgia. Because if anything, like I think that any time a band's like I'm going to move to a big city. I guess for networking that might be good, but other if you're planning on touring, it's the worst idea ever because if you're living in a big city, you're pl- paying big city rent prices, and and then you have to pay the rent of that when you're not there, and that's just ridiculously stupid. So if if you plan on touring full time, then go to the place where the cheapest rent is, and then just tour, and you you can yeah. as long as you keep going to L.A., you could probably still make those connections. So anyway, we made a decision to move back to Atlanta. Uh, two of the guys had girlfriends, which I know that uh, affected. Actually, I had a girlfriend at the time too. Um, and we moved back home and um, decided that we were going to finish the album we were working on and tour from there. We all moved into an apartment there and probably stayed together for about another year. And then kind of got to this crossroads where we had like a meeting and I was trying to push for stuff. We had just got like a booking agent and I was like, all right, we're going to try to push things. We just finished the album and. So I was, I was trying to move everything forward, and then everyone else in the band was, was uh, I just remember one piped up and was like, well, I, I can't tour anymore. I've got to pay my car note. And then other one's mm. like, yeah, I can't tour anymore either. And then like, it kind of got to this point where it was like, well, can any do this? And no, they all wanted to keep playing, but none of them really could do it to the extent we were doing it. Kind of, I think L.A. broke them. Yeah. And, um, and so they gave me, they, we, that's when the band broke up, and they gave me the name. And and the songs because I wrote all the songs, and then um, and so then uh, then I didn't know what to do for a while, and then I played with this band called Monday in London, and we were kind of off and on for a while, and on, during the off part in the middle there, I put out an EP. It was the first thing I ever did is under Pacifico, without the band, 
and um and I played all the instruments myself and stuff and then and then yeah that's that's about when I started doing the uh right after that was when I tried to do the started making Pacifico Collective did uh so. any uh memorable stories from the road uh memorable stories from the road um the answer is yes uh <laughs> what they were um let's see um I was there's a couple really good ones let's see one time in LA we um we had a friend that hooked us up with a hotel and I was like sweet hotel that's awesome you don't ever get those you usually sleep on someone's floor or something yeah. so then uh we um got to the hotel and we get a knock on the door and this guy's like hey saw you guys grow up y'all in a band and we're like yeah and he's like I'd love to show you all around town and we're like no we're good I'm like man they're really friendly here and then <laughs> And then someone else went and walked outside, and they're like, ran back in. And was like, dude, somebody's fucking naked right out in the in the way. So I, I called my friend, and I was like, what is this place? And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. She's like, it's a clothing optional gay resort. <laughs> <laughs> and that night might be the most infamous night in the history oh. of of any of my touring because in that night between two bands that were on tour. Uh, one guy, uh, had a lip ring and he thought that he had got the ball, the lip ring stuck in his lip. And the next day we had to f- go and find out that he didn't have it in there, but he'd been playing with it so much that it was huge. Ugh. And then the, uh, one of his drummer, we couldn't find him forever. Uh, we finally found him, uh, like in this, uh, resort. They had like, I don't know how, I don't know why or whatever, but they had like these little places where you could close a curtain, curtain shut. And it was just like sitting area. With, I guess you could do things in there, but we found him in one of those draw, drawing uh, a naked man. That he, like, I like, guess like, like there was a naked dude in front of him, like Titanic yeah. style. Yeah, yeah, just oh drawing him. Oh my god! That's and hilarious. we found out where he was all night. Was he went with I believe that that fellow uh, into the Hollywood Hills and broke into mansions and stole stuff. What? Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. And then um. That same night, uh, two of the guys there had gotten speed or whatever, and and stayed up, uh, had to stay up all night with that. And then, um, and then the same guy that was playing with his lip, he he was on the phone with his girlfriend, and uh, they were at the um, the hot tub area. He was he was at the hot tub area on the phone with his girlfriend, and then these two guys come out and they just got naked and then just started going at it with each other right in front of them. <laughs> and so that that was pretty memorable that's classic (laughs) yeah that's classic. uh there was one time in new york that we stayed at this um this loft and there was probably like four people that lived in in the loft and it was very small and um i had a girl i don't don't even think it was a girlfriend i was into this girl at the time um which it shouldn't have been because she you know she wasn't really into me but that's uh not important but anyways (laughs) but this girl was as a singer, you don't want to be sleeping on the floor. You need the best sleeping thing because your voice is really affected by the way you sleep and yeah. and, how, and all that kind of crap. And um, she offered to let me sleep in her bed, and she kept like making advances. And I was like, No, no, I got a girlfriend. I'm interested. She's like, Okay, I promise I won't make any moves. Blah blah. blah. I'm all right. Well, I woke up with her tongue down my throat, like oh, literally. God. Like I've I've never had that happen before. Where like I literally woke up and someone's <laughs> tongue is deep in my throat. I'm like, Hello, what the. <laughs> So that was interesting. So you got so that's like yeah that I, I always 
always think life experiences like that are just infinitely more valuable than oh yeah i mean dude like i mean i didn't go to college i went one year to college but my my like how everyone goes crazy in college and yeah. goes to the that that was touring for me. I mean, we would we would get fireworks and then drive up next to the van we're on tour with and shoot the fire. Try to get them to roll the window down and shoot the fireworks into their their op, open windows and a lot of nakedness. And um, yeah, whenever I mean, what is there? Whenever a group of guys get together, there will eventually be nakedness. Yeah, yeah, so. that's that's uh, that kind of. I experienced that, but on a completely opposite spectrum, just because of how many drug rehabs I ended up going to across the country. But it's the same type of thing where it's just you just get a, just you meet meeting like. It always amazes me the people, especially in Louisiana, that have just never, and in Georgia too, I imagine, have never left their hometown, never plan on leaving their hometown. Yeah. And it's like there's so much out there, and there's so many people out there, and it's it. I guess it it helps explain to me how people can get stuck on mindsets because like they've had no one to challenge them, and everyone around them is like, "Yep, that sounds good to me." Yeah. Yep. Which I guess, in some way, that's good, but in other ways, it it definitely is good to have. I mean, everyone wants to be backed up, but it's it's good to see how the other half lives for sure. Oh yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so you so Pacifico came into I guess third or fourth stage of of life currently. You uh, you're settled in Baton Rouge. You got married recently. Yeah, two two years ago. Well, yeah, semi recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congrats yeah, that's on that. I, thank I, you, thank I'm you. You, you got married well. too. Yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. I like it. How's it going with you? Well, it's good. I'm happy. Yeah. I think she's happy. <laughs> I'm like looking at her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, my wife always hears me speaking. Uh, so, so yeah, so now pretty much, what do you do to make the rent? Um, I, I, I turn tricks. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's, um, it's good money. <laughs> It's good money. <laughs> like, wow, this this interview's gone awesome. Yeah. Um, no, I I am a I am the general manager of a uh, crepe a crepe uh, place downtown Baton Rouge. Um, when I moved here uh, with my ex girlfriend, who you know, mm-hmm. uh, we came for the movie industry. She came for costume, and I came to do music for film, which I have been able to do some of that, which has been awesome. Um, Any, and which films? Uh, the most of them were really B films and a lot of it was like music supervision. So it'd be me watching the film and, and, uh, figuring out when the song needs to stop and start oh, and write dude, and stuff down be, on the that's table like and stuff. That's like my dream job. That's what, yeah, the, the best part was when it was like, they had a budget and they wanted to find a song for this, but they couldn't afford like Rolling Stone. So I had to find a cheap version of that's something awesome. that sounded in that style. That was most fun. And it was really good. Cause we always try to find local music. Like yeah. 90% of the stuff we used was Louisiana bands or, or at least, you know, Southern you know, bands. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean like I, there's a, some independent film that I'm supposed to get a check for sometimes recently, but I don't even know what it's called. Uh, the, the one that I, I would say is the biggest one with the biggest stars is called Pawn Shop Chronicles. And I, I did help with the, with the, um, music supervision on that. Um, it's got uh, 
and I, I wrote a couple songs for that um, too. And it's got Brendan Fraser in it and Elijah Wood, and um, I forget who else. But uh, I want to say Paul Walker. Uh, but I actually got to give um, voice lessons to Brendan Fraser. He had a singing part oh, in the really? song, and yeah, he's doing a Elvis impersonator, and he was doing a singing part in the movie, and he had never sung before in his life. So I gave him singing lessons, and he, uh, I liken his vo- voice to the singer of, um, oh man, what is the name of that band? Oh man, I see their album cover and everything. The ones that did this song in the night says, mm-mm-mm-mm. And I can't remember the name of it. They also did a song called God Shuffled His Feet. Should do a trivia and see if anybody can comment and tell us what, it, what they oh, called. I'm sure we'll get <laughs> many emails. It just came answer. to, like... I, I if I had been had to crash think about it, dummies. crash test dummies. Crash yes. test dummies. That's hilarious, dude. How is the Fraser? How is Reddit's uh, favorite person? Is he cool? He's, he's awesome. Be cool. Yeah, he was yeah. really cool. Yeah, he was really cool, and he was funny. Um, but yeah, so I got to do that. Um, that wasn't what we were talking about. We were talking about moving here. Move. Uh, yeah, bas- basically. So, I guess what I was getting at is, so at this point in your life. I guess well, what's interesting about our generation is that, like, there's not much... What's funny is there's not really such a thing as a secure career anymore. So that's really not... It doesn't have to... Like, so many people get... You can you can sew together a living from so many different ways. And yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. And then everybody, we're kind of adapting and finding these new things. Like, my wife started, like, an Etsy business, and then she works at a cat sanctuary... I do this, and then I'm I'm in school to be a counselor, and I I splice fiber optic internet for LUS, which is like the most random shit I've ever heard of. And that's uh, awesome. So is what? How do? What are the priorities? Like Pacifica, what, what's the uh, what's the goal? What are you trying to get out of it? Is it just to make music for music's sake? And and if people listen to it, cool. If not, cool. Mm. Or is there still the drive um, to try to make it? There's, um, it's a good question. I, um, honestly, I just want to be happy and I I want my friends and family to be happy and I want to have my responsibilities taken care of. Those are my top goals. Um, as for where Pacifico lies in that, I think that for my mental health, uh, what I've learned is that. Uh, since since I don't sit down to write and it comes to me, it's it's healthy for me to finish these songs and see them through and put them out in the world. But because I'm a perfectionist and I think there's too much shitty music out there, mm-hmm. I think that it's very very important to to do it as professional as possible. And so I um, so it takes a lot longer and costs a lot more, you know, than if I did it just on my laptop or whatever. Um, but um, yeah, I just uh, I just want to work and and then I'll just whenever I have a collection, I think for the next thing I'll probably end up just doing singles at a time. As I got a song, I'll record it and then I'll put it out and then it, I might collect it and put it all as one thing at the end. But I think that might be more monetarily easy and I, I haven't tried that yet, so I might try that. So tell me about the new album then, the the forthcoming. Uh, it's called Everest. It's due out in October. Um, it's uh you can pre-order it now it's um i like to push uh, where at 
uh, Indiegogo. Um, I, t- I would tell you the address, but it's like a weird thing. If you go to, yeah, uh, we'll post it in the show notes. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and if if you go to Facebook Pacifico Rock or Instagram Pacifico Rock or YouTube Pacifico Rock. Oh, sorry, Instagram is Pacifamat, but anyway, it doesn't matter. All of them have the link on there. Um, but uh, yeah, with my music, I try to push the envelope and try something new. I would like to have a career similar to like Beck or Elvis Costello or something like that, where every album might be completely different, or I could have yeah. done a different genres and still be uh, doing my craft. And uh, this this particular time around, I was writing songs. Uh, this is the way it usually works. I just songs come to me. I write them. I finish them out. I'm, I'm like seeking out what you know, trying to find out what I'm hearing and stuff, and then I get them finished and try to figure out what thread is kind of combining these songs together and this time around I felt like it was supposed to be more dancey and and more pop friendly kind of thing and um and I like since I've started doing Pacifico as a collaborative I like finding the last three albums each of them I've found a musician that I um that I've always wanted to work with uh or that I've idolized or both uh in most cases uh and this time around, I ended up working with uh, Ronnie Martin from Joy Electric, which uh, is a band on, from Tooth and Nail. Nice. And uh, and uh, he used to manage us way back in the day, and he wanted to work with us back then. But at the time, I was like, "No, this doesn't fit our music at all," kind of thing. <laughs> so it like was one of those moments where like I was listening to these demos and trying to figure out what would work, and I was like, "This might be the album where this would be perfect." So I approached him, and he was into it, and. Uh, so we made demos to click tracks, and it's to him. He he made his part, sent it back to us, and then we uh, formed everything else around that. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I know people say that, but this is the most proud I've ever been of anything I've worked on. Um, it's that's awesome. It's definitely definitely got like a its own I don't know hue and color to it that 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 the the other things I've released have not. It still sounds like like me, but it also sounds completely different than anything I've done too. If that makes any sense. Are you going to tour behind it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the album comes out in October, and then uh, we are doing a month-long 34-date uh, U.S. tour, my wife and I, and we have about six of the dates already confirmed and a booking agent working on it. And, and um, just, we're going... Just you? Uh, it would be myself and my wife. It started or off... musically, rather. Oh, musically. Like She's going to play, band too. Band members. Actually. Oh, no, no yeah. kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. She uh, plays piano, uh, so we got really her awesome. a, a synth, and she's gonna play synth and sing background vocals. And um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where the whole idea of touring started from we never got a honeymoon, and she's been from school to school to school to school, and she just graduated with a PhD and wants to wanted the summer off, and then wanted to go do a trip with me. So the original idea was go see the U.S. And then we're doing numbers, and we're like, oh, we can't afford that. Uh, and I was I suggested, well, I could play some shows here and there to offset the cost. And then, um, and then it just kind of grew to becoming a tour. So we got a tour, uh, a booking agent, and he's been booking it for us. And uh, and uh, we're getting uh, P- we got a PR company that's going to be doing the album and the tour. And um, we actually just secured uh, we have sponsorship from Personas Audio, and they're going to be uh, giving us equipment, uh, loaning us equipment uh, for us to use uh, to promote them on the tour. We're doing videos for them before and afterwards and stuff. Dude. So. I'm actually super. It's, that sounds really fun. I'm pretty jealous of that. Yeah, I'm very scared though because 
I played to, to – so we're going to play the tracks. I'm going to play electric guitar and sing, and she's going to sing background vocals and play synths to the tracks from the album. And even though I played to tracks before, I've, oh, it's yeah, been a while. and Very and little good, margin of error. Yeah, and I actually – the biggest problem, I think, honestly, is the fact that like um, I'm not very um, – I'm not a gearhead. I, I just – Right, right. Uh, so they, I mean, they've been awesome because I approached them and I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but this is what I want to do. And then they kind of like taken us under the wing and they're like, yes, we'll, we'll support you and we'll give you this and that. And then they're going to help us put it together and everything. So like it's, which honestly works in their favor because it's almost like they're going to do a video. It's going to go, these guys know what the hell they're doing. So this yeah. is how you do it for people that don't know what you're doing kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, it's a little, it's a little nerve wracking, but I, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm sure it'll go fine. Well, dude, I'm yeah. uh, I'm happy for you, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time to stop no by and, and, and chat, man. Um, and yeah, we'll be sure to me. have all the links for everything. Everybody, go pre-order the new album. Support independent music, man. It's very, very important. Cool. Good interview, wasn't it, Debesh? You were there. I was totally there. Totally there. See, <laughs> the people don't know. <laughs> Dude, I turned 30. That's right, man. I turned 30, yeah. man. Are you an OG now? You were supposed to die like... These are all... They're all bonus levels. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Straight up bonus levels, man. Where the fuck is Bowser? Yeah, yeah dude. No, I... <laughs> I, I don't I also don't remember what made me think of this I, I think it was just because mm. Kaylee's mom uh, we were looking at like time hop pictures that were coming up and uh, Kaylee's mom texted me to, to wish me happy birthday and, and she was like wow can you believe like four years ago you were meeting my mom for the first time at the pawn shop <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> fuck because we had uh, we had pawned Kaylee's laptop that her parents had like just bought her and so oh Kaylee's God. mom had to meet us. That's how she met me was to get Kaylee's laptop out of the pawn shop. Back. Yeah, oh and then God. we sold it again the next day. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, "Hey, I'm Jed. Uh, I'm her boyfriend. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I swear, I'm a good influence. I'm the boyfriend. Yeah, can we just get? You know, we just needed money for you know the the electric bill." <laughs> is that is that a thing? Is that, that a thing? Yeah, people do that. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> bills. These damn bills, I These tell you. Damn bills, and uh, oh yeah, what do people do? Uh, eat. Yeah, I eat. Yeah, uh, <laughs> peanut butter. Um, <laughs> Red Cross peanut donations. Bills. Oh yeah, I'm doing. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a philanthropist. Yeah, I'm or a have, full have, on rapist. A full on <laughs> rapist. <laughs> <laughs> Turd Stop Ferguson, eating cheese, name. Charlie. Yeah. Oh wait, wait, no. Was that from "It's Always Sunny"? Or that was "It's from... Always Sunny." That was a yeah. I think you just mixed two things, but I know "Full On Rapist" was it's from SNL. Charlie, no, unless they both did it. What it's always you... sunny. 
It's always sunny. He, Charlie Kelly's on a blind date, and he's like, "I'm a full-on rapist." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought it was a um. You might be right. I thought it was a. Uh, oh yeah, I'm thinking of the rapist. It was. Oh yeah, yeah, from, uh, yeah. SNL. In the Jeopardy. The Jeopardy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're that, getting that our. Awesome. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, dude, so the one thing that, so the hurricane, or now tropical storm, and if y'all are, uh, dealing with Hurricane Harvey, sorry about that, hope everybody stays safe, um, but during the hurricane, Trump fucking snuck in a pardon of Joe Aperio, this horrible ass racist sheriff in Arizona that had been convicted, because he, he was like famous for doing like, uh, racial profiling sweeps where he would just like bust into apartment complexes and places of business and just demand people's ID. And even if they were legal, if they didn't have an ID, he'd lock you up. And the, it was, a, he had a tent city prison and the goal of the prison was they would keep you there for up to a year for a uh, trial. And the goal of the prison was to be so horrible that you tap out and just accept, take your charge. Oh, wow. Like how fucked up is that? Wow, I could only imagine the living conditions. <laughs> yeah, they place. they had a dude. Uh, he just wrote a, I think it was a like a Washington Post op-ed about it because he was there for a year and he said like one dude died. This was during the time when it uh, got like a hundred and twenty in Arizona, and then mm-hmm. he was there for the winter too. And like one old man died. He said the Jeez. ambulances came like three times a day, and if people really messed up, they had to wear pink socks and boxers. What? Like, yeah, dude. What? Just insane shit. That's insane, dude. That's like Cinecor times a million. Cinecor times a million, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's like old school Cinecor. They're, yeah, they're just yeah. not allowed to do yeah. that anymore. Yeah, you can't do Oh, shit. you know what's funny? I was looking up uh, uh, job openings for counseling, and Cinecor mm-hmm. is hiring. Counseling. Oh really? How funny! I should. You should go be a mole on the inside. I dude. should, dude, Take and just down. Every they're they're gonna be like, Jed, wh- why do your clients all leave <laughs> as soon as they sit down? I'm like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Do you need help escaping? It's like it's like that movie Get Out, you know. Except you're, you're yeah. like professional. <laughs> like, no, you need to leave now. You need to get out. A single tear rolls down my cheek. Like, Please yeah. get out. <laughs> Dude, that place is, uh, yeah, Congregation, go to, what is it, what's their website, Cinecor Foundation? Cinecor.org, it's, or maybe uh, the Cinecorfoundation.org. C-E-N-I-K-O-R.org. It is brutal. I guess they're not going to be like, they're not going to show you what goes down oh. at the website, though. Like, Cinecor is a wonderful place. Yeah, we can talk about, that's what we can talk about on the bonus episode. So, all right, we're, we're going to get out of here. I think me and DeBesh are going to do a bonus episode, though. So, if you want to hear that, sign up for Patreon. Uh, oh, and this, we will be premiering the Pacific O song next, and everything for that is in the show notes. Please show Matthew some love and go pre-order, um, you know, anything you can do to support independent music. That's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Love for you. <laughs> <laughs>